Hey all, welcome to the Ground Game Podcast. I'm your host, Bushido Squirrel, and today I'm not going to be doing a lot of hosting. Instead, what I'm going to be doing is playing the audio from the Black Lives Matter Los Angeles one-year anniversary of our vigil to get rid of Jackie Lacey and prosecute killer cops. Now, this is going to be kind of long. The vigil in itself ran about three hours. I have most of it recorded, and I'm just going to play it for you. Uh, There are a couple sections I cut out. There's like a dance number, which just isn't going to work on a podcast. Uh, A couple of moments of... Uh, silence or things awkwardly being set up. But for the most part, this is the raw audio of uh, the vigil and the family speaking and our our opening and closing ceremony. I really hope, even if you can't listen to the whole thing, I hope that you get the chance to kind of comb through it, to listen to some of the testimonies of the families, because these are really disturbing stories. There is an insane amount of violence that is visited by the police on our communities here in LA, and there is an extreme level of callousness that comes from our elected officials. Jackie Lacey has been district attorney since 2012. In that time, at least 422 people have been killed by police in LA County. That includes Los Angeles Police Department. That also includes the LA County Sheriff's Department. Los Angeles Police Department is the deadliest police department in the nation. Our sheriff's department is number three. We have a police violence epidemic here in Southern California. We have a police violence epidemic that disproportionately affects people of color, people who are disabled, people who have mental illness. This kind of violence has been going on for far too long and is far too endemic to our city, and it doesn't have to be this way. What this vigil represents isn't just a protest, isn't just being against something. It's showing up to build a better world, to create the community that we need to change the systems of power, not just in this city, but across the entire nation. So anyways, with that little forward by me out of the way, uh, I'm now going to shut up and just sort of let the ceremony play for itself. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your time. And we will continue to be out there week after week after week after week. Stay tuned to the Ground Game Facebook page. The Ground Game Twitter, which is at Ground Game LA, and the Ground Game Instagram, which is again at Ground Game LA. And we'll be posting updates. You can also always check out Black Lives Matter Los Angeles on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, until recently, I would also direct you to at White People for Black Lives. Uh, they're no longer operating on Twitter because for some reason, Twitter has shut them down. And I'm going to be digging into that a little bit more because it's actually a really disturbing story. But there are plenty of places for you to connect with us on social media, to connect with this movement, to see what they're doing, to share it with your friends and family. We're building an incredible amount of momentum, and we want your help. So without further ado, here's the one-year anniversary of Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, vigil against Jackie Lacey, and police violence. ...who have been murdered by either LAPD or the Sheriff's Department during the five years that Jackie Lacey has been in office. And as with all gatherings, actions, meetings led by Black Lives Matter, we begin by pouring libations. The pouring of libations is a ritual and a ceremony whereby we call forth and honor the spirits of those who have preceded us in death. We honor those whose spirits have been taken or whose lives have been taken and spirits exist through state-sanctioned violence, murder by the police. We stand in the presence of our ancestors 
whose spirits lead us to continue to do this work, to continue to stand up for justice, to continue to stand up and be here every week for one year. Every week for one year. We call upon our ancestors and we stand in the presence of those who have preceded us, those who have taught us, those who have led us to help us understand the fight for freedom. But most of all, we stand today in honor of the 400 plus names shown on this banner and the families of many of those who have shown up today. We know that we and Jackie Lacey feel these spirits. These spirits are not at rest. Many of you know they visit us to remind us of what we need to do. They visit us through moments through dreams, through visions, through memories. And these spirits will not be at rest until Jackie Lacey is gone. So first we'll take a moment to center ourselves, to close our eyes, to think about why we're here, what we bring to the space, what we can do, what we can add to the fight for justice. Please close your eyes. So now as you open your eyes, you begin the libation ceremony where you can call out the names of one of the spirits that has preceded us. You will call out a name, we will repeat it and say Ashe. Kenneth Todd Rogers. Kenneth Todd Rogers, Ashe. Keep 
Chow! Ashe! Jimmy Beans Jr. Jimmy Beans Jr. Ashe! Anthony Jacob Weber! container and we could continue to pour liquid for minimally the 420 names of individuals who have been murdered by LAPD or the Sheriff's Department and for whom no justice has been sought. Let us all close by saying Ashe. Good evening, my name is Pastor Eddie Anderson. I'm the pastor of a Cardinmore Christian Church. Hey, Pastor Eddie! I want to invite fellow clergy into the circle. I'll be brief and I'll pass it on to them so that they can pray. But I just want to encourage you because you've been coming out here for one year saying that Jackie Lacey must go. That's right. Jackie Lacey must go. There is a story in 2 Samuel about uh, a leader who arose who did not know justice. He did not know uh, David. And he sent and went to attack uh, the children of Israel. And there was two brothers who stood at the wall of Jericho. And they said that they were surrounded on all sides by uh, people who committed injustice. And they're surrounded on all sides by people who, who wanted to kill their people. And they're surrounded on all sides. They looked at each other and said, we will depend on each other. And together, we will let out a war cry. And so what you've been doing for over a year is letting out a war cry for justice. That's right. And so I... So I encourage you today to continue to let out that war cry for justice. For Amos says, and the prophet Amos says that we will cry for justice until justice is established in the gate. We must cry out and wail in the streets for the lives that have been lost, for the blood that cries out from earth until justice is established in the gates. So keep crying out for justice, keep crying out until justice rolls down like water and this hall of injustice learns the ways of justice. Keep crying out for justice until Jackie Lacey realizes that she must go and that the killer cops must be prosecuted. Keep crying out Tell brown brown boys who walk the streets like Jesus who have been killed have seen their day and that they 
too may be able to lift up and say that God is on their side. So I commend you today. Keep crying out for justice because God has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. And so God's spirit is here. Our ancestors' spirits are here as well. So keep crying out for justice. And I want to turn it over to my friends, our clergy friends, to say a prayer to sanctify this space where the work you are doing is sacred and is holy. Don't let anybody tell you different. Pastor Q, come on in here. The work you are doing is sacred and it is holy. So keep doing the work. Keep showing up week after week. For I believe heaven hears your cries and heaven will make justice on your side. I'm going to turn it over to our Rabbi Arya. I stand before this poster and my heart breaks. The Talmud, the, the rabbis tell us that even when the gates of prayer are closed, the gates of tears are still open. We stand here with tears in our eyes, with tears of grieving for these families and tears of anger that we're standing before the hall of justice, which is, as Pastor Eddie said, the hall of injustice. We pray, oh God, you wrote in your holy Torah, in your holy Bible, and you shall judge the people with a righteous judgment. Judging is a responsibility. Judging is not merely an act. Judging must be righteous judgment. Where there is no righteous judgment, then we know the judges will be judged. Oh God, these people have been standing here in their grief, in their sadness, and in their anger, and in their righteous rage for a year, demanding holy justice. Demanding holy justice. We stand in front of these names, names each one of which represents a whole life, each life representing a whole world, and we ask you, please bring justice. Please open the heart of Jackie Lacey so that she knows that she must go home and make way for somebody who will just, who will judge righteously. Amen. You've been standing for a year. We've been standing for a year. We've been coming back over and over again. God's people waited for 400 years. There's more than one group of people who've been waiting for 400 years. Come on, somebody. And so, after 400 years, God came to the prophet Moses and said, I have seen the oppression of my people. I have heard their cries. I have come down to do something about it, and I'm sending you to do something about it. And for over one year, we have been standing here trying to do something about it. We don't care how long it takes. We're going to stay because we don't know when God is going to move in the spirit realm and bring down the laws of injustice, not just here, but in this nation. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know when the rumblings of our ancestors will rise to the top of this concrete, the blood that is crying from beneath this concrete. We don't 
ocean fountain and begin to bring down this hall of injustice, this administration of injustice, this nation of injustice. We are not here to pray around. We are here. We are here to get justice. We are here to get justice. We are here to get justice. Say it with me. We are here to get justice. We are here to get justice. So I hear the blood of Ezel Ford crying. I hear the blood of Rakesha Wilson crying. I hear the blood of who else? Yeah, yeah. I hear the blood of... Once you speak them, they go on for eternity. The sound never stops, it goes away from you, but it goes on for eternity. So we know the sounds of injustice have reached the throne of the living God. Y'all better watch it, judgment is coming. Church in Ocean Park in Santa Monica and the president of the Interfaith Council there. And this is a sad, sad, sad day that we're here again a year later. And some of you have been here week after week after week and still no justice. Let us join our hearts and souls and minds together in prayer. Let us pray. Dear God, Creator God, Creator, you, you bring together all of us from different walks of life, different communities, different identities, and bring us here on these steps and on this porch, the porch of injustice. We pray, O oh God, and we give you thanks for the many lives that have been lost. We give you thanks for their sacred lives. We know they're sacred, O oh God, and you know they're sacred. O oh God, we give you thanks for their lives, and we thank, thank you for the courage of the people who have come out here week after week and for the courage of the fathers and the mothers and the sisters and the brothers and the aunts and the uncles and all those who are grieving because their killer cops are still out on the streets. Oh God, we, we pray for the courage of Jackie Lacey. We come here enraged, emboldened, mad. We are mad as table turning mad. We are enraged and we are emboldened and we want justice. We want Jackie Lacey to have the courage and the boldness so that the world will know that black lives actually do matter. They matter to us, oh God, and we know they matter to you. We thank you, oh God, for the courage it takes to take one more step after you've lost a loved one every single day, knowing that their killer is still on the loose. We pray, oh God, for the comfort of their souls. We pray, oh God, for Jackie Lacey, that she might have the courage to wake up and to prosecute these killer cops. Amen. My name is James Thomas. I'm the pastor of Living Word Community Church. And I want to speak to the families. I want to speak directly to the families. I know a little bit about what it feels like to lose someone that you love too soon. And so I want to say to you that, you know, as I really contemplate all of this and I look at all of this and I see what is happening to our people across the country, 
I see what is happening to our people across the country. But what I want you to understand is that at the end of the day, you are in good company. You are in good company because while what has happened to our loved ones, what is happening to our loved ones is what we consider to be modern day lynching, modern day lynching, there is another of great and profound power who was lynched. His name was Jesus Christ. And I want you to know today that just like in that day, a group of vigilantes decided to take justice in their own hands. A group of people who were marred by their understanding of humanity and the power of love took it in their own hands to take an innocent man's life. And so I want you to understand something, that while your loved one's life was taken too soon, I need you to know that it was not taken in vain. I need you to know that they are in good stead and that God understands and he is not willing. He is not willing for justice not to be served. We cannot determine when it's gonna come. But one thing that we know as clear as Jesus rose again, justice is going to be served. And so we serve notice on Jackie Lacey even now. See, there's something that the scripture says. The scripture says that we can declare and decree in the power of his name. I don't mean any harm, I don't mean no shame, but I'm not talking about the European Jesus. I don't think he exists. He doesn't exist. In the power of the name that is above every other name, we declare this day that either Jackie Lacey will do what is right or she has to go. We declare this day. We declare this day that just as many tears as we have shed on behalf of our lost loved ones that she will shed those very same tears. God, that you would not allow her to get any rest until she does what's right. God, we ask that every family member associated with her, every church that she visits, every community person she stands in front of, demands that she bring forth justice for our people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are all the family members here? Are all the family members here? Pastor Eddie is going to... Yeah, all the family members, all the family members, could you please come? Pastor Eddie is going to lead us in a blessing. I'm going to pray and then my brother Francisco to pray in Spanish for you. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, we stand now in boldness because we have cried for far too long. We have cried for the lives of our loved ones. We have cried for the way that their lives were stolen and taken from them. 
And so, God, we stand right here knowing that you are a God that still hears and answers prayers. And so, God, we proclaim today that you will hear our prayer. Our prayer that you will be with each and every family member that is standing here today. That you will give them renewed strength and courage. That you will be their rod and their staff even as they walk through the valley through the shadows of death. That you will be a God that will give them strength in their heart and hope in their hearts. That you will strengthen their families, O oh God. And God, as you strengthen them, O oh God, strengthen their voice to continue to speak, O oh God. Speak for their loved ones whose lives that were taken and stolen from them. Because Jesus, we know that you will be with us always, even until the end of the earth. So God, you pray for healing right now. And God, you pray for justice right now. We pray right now, oh God, that you will move on Jackie Lacey's heart. That she will realize that she will either be a bearer of justice or that your justice will be bared down on her. And so, God, we pray right now that you would move in a special way. And like you did for the children of Jericho, the children of Israel, the wall of Jericho, that the walls of injustice will come tumbling down. That the families in this circle lives will be built up. That everything that was taken from them, they will receive back and double portion like Job. And so God, we pray right now for your spirit, for your power, for your healing grace to fall afresh on each and every one of these family members. In the powerful name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. Dios de amor, Dios de poder, Dios de liberación, pedimos tu bendición sobre esta congregación que está aquí. Especialmente pedimos tu bendición sobre estas personas bellas que han perdido a sus seres queridos, Dios. Sabemos que tú escuchas las lágrimas de los adoloridos, Dios. Que tu amor y tu justicia está dentro de tu pueblo que está luchando por la justicia. Entonces pedimos que tú entres aquí en este lugar, en este edificio, que derrumbas la injusticia, que creas el amor y la paz que estas familias tanta necesitan. Pedimos tu amor, tu tranquilidad, tu paz eterno sobre ellos, que sepan que tú estás con ellos, que tú caminas con ellos en esta lucha por lo que merecen Dios. Para que sus familiares que han sido matados, asesinados bajo las manos de la policía, que, que sus voces se levanten para que tengan una justicia amplia. En tu nombre poderoso, todo lo pedimos. Amén. Amen. We're waiting on Sister Molina to come. Can you everyone just repeat after me and say to these families, we love you. We love you. We see you. We see you. We will stand with you. We will stand with you. We will fight with you. We will fight with you. Until Jackie Lacey. Must go. Must go. Jackie Lacey. Jackie Lacey. Must go. Must go. Jackie Lacey. Jackie Lacey. Must go. Must go. Amen. I'm just gonna say, Amen, Amen, Ashe. Amen, Amen, Ashe. Amen, Amen, Ashe. I'm so thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be, I didn't reach you. I'm thankful to be with the families. I'm thankful to be with the community. I'm thankful to be with the beloved community that we've built over the last year. This is a beloved community. So I just want to lift up, hey, Sister Fuzio. This is the family of Kenneth Ross coming up. 
all of the families are going to speak in just a moment. Um, so I'm just going to kind of summarize a little bit, give us a grounding. Um, I'm thankful for the spiritual energy that was generated. It's really important that we understand that Black Lives Matter, our movement isn't just a social justice movement. It's not just a racial justice movement. Our movement is rooted in spirit. Our movement is rooted in spirit. And the reason that we have to keep remembering that is because if we use their measures, then we're not going to win. Right? If we use their measures, look at these buildings and budgets and resources that they have. Right? By their measures, they've already won. Right? But we know that there are measures that are much greater than their measures. Right? Our creator has always ushered in justice. Our creator has always been on our side. And I don't know why it took us a year to figure this out, or me a year to figure this out, right? When Jackie Lacey goes to court, when she is supposed to represent the people, she is betraying that mission. Really what's been happening here over the last year is the people versus Jackie Lacey. We are the people. We are the people. civility. 
We were civil. That's what they tell us to do, right? Get a petition, lobby your elected officials, tell them what you want. So we did that. We delivered this petition signed by over 10,000 Angelinos. Guess what happened? Remember, they locked us out the damn building and pretended like we were the criminals. We're not the criminals. The criminals are the police who kill our people. She's never going to do her job. And the work 
that we're doing is the work that our ancestors, that our creator, that those whose names we call demand that we do. So the people have to be ready to get rid of her. We talked about being sad, right? Some people said it, they're sad to be here. I'm not sad. I'm not sad. And they've been sending bombs to people today. Y'all know about that. There were lots of calls to us telling us you should call it off. The right wing is coming for you. You should be afraid. I'm not sad and I'm not afraid.
for our babies. And so we love you. And we kneel before you and we honor you. So thank you. Sometimes 
We haven't had quite as many as there are today. Didn't matter. We showed up anyway. It did not matter. And for those of us who come from a particular tradition, we know that that tradition, there were only 13 people, 12 apostles, and one Christ. And they built a movement that lasts 2,500 years. So we don't need everybody, we just need enough. And every week when we come here, that's been enough. That's been enough. So I want to thank you all and remind you all that when you leave from here and people ask what you do on Wednesdays, tell them, I go down to the Hall of Injustice and I protest Jackie Lacey. And they're going to ask you, well, why you do that? You're going to say because 400 people, 400 plus people, have been murdered at the hands of the police, either in custody or on the streets. And this district attorney has done nothing. Not a thing. Even when the police say or recommend prosecution. She still don't do it. She must go. So I'm going to ask you one last time, and Melina. By the way, it is so, we have started chalking the names. This week, having the pictures and the information about the people who have been killed makes this what we do real. So yes, we show up. Yes, we call out Jackie Lacey. But more importantly, what we do is to try to be that voice, that cry of the families. And we have turned this into sacred space because they've shared their stories. And sometimes, I gotta tell you, it's been hard listening to those stories. It's been hard hearing Valerie. It's been hard hearing Sheila and the, and, and the Hines and Waukesha Wilson family. It's been hard hearing Helen tell her story about her child. It's been hard hearing the father of, of, of Shario Mack tell us what really happened. It's been hard hearing that. But their voices telling us means that it is now just not their burden to carry. It's ours. It's all of ours. And if we can't do nothing else, then let us help them as much as we can support and carry that painful burden. And what Melina said, she's a mother. No family should ever have to suffer through what you all have suffered through, under no circumstances. And then to get nothing done. In some cases, to be lied to, like they did by Keisha Wilson. Or they made up some shit like they did on Washario. You know? Kenneth didn't have nothing, they killed him. 
nothing. All the all the water gone. That Jesse, uh, that Harry Rivera had. I mean, it's stuff like that. If we don't come out here and demand justice and that she leave, then we are doing and living up to our own commitment. For those of us who say, I want to see a better life for myself and my family. So, Jackie Lacey! Jackie Lacey! Jackie Lacey! Jackie Lacey! Jackie Lacey! try to keep us out. Not on Wednesdays. <laughs> Only on Wednesdays is it like this. All right, Melina. Prosecute those killer cops. That's right. Melina. Prosecute those killer cops. Prosecute those killer cops. Accountability is justice. We want justice. We want justice. Hello, hello everyone. How are you? Black Lives Matter. That's number one. And God is with us. Okay. Good evening. My name is Kazia Amaru. I am the mother of Kenneth Ross Jr. He was born June 26, 1992. He was my eldest son out of six children. He was murdered by Gardena police on April 11, 2018. He was gunned down and shot to death by an AR-15 military assault weapon shot in his back. <sighs> he was shot in the back, which meant his it went to his lungs and then to his heart, which killed him instantly. And they still shot him two more times after that. The police had no reason to shoot and murder my son. I got a call from my eldest daughter, April 11, 2018, around 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon, let me know my son had been shot by the police at Raleigh Park in Gardena at 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon. My son is bipolar and suffered from this since he was a child. He was mentally ill, and this is what they did to him. He was transferred to Harbor General Hospital, where he was pronounced deceased. I never got to see my son at the hospital. They said no one could see him because it was in the police investigation. He was African-American and a target for racial profiling and police brutality. I will never be able to see my son ever again. I want this matter to be investigated 
fairly, and I want the officer to be prosecuted and sent to prison for the rest of his life. Where he belongs! Where he belongs! He left behind a four-year-old son, which is my grandson. My son was the most caring and loving young man you ever met. I want justice for my son and our family. And this lady right here, this devil they got over here, she gotta get out of here. Jackie Lacey, you're gonna get up out of here. You're gonna get up out of here, devil, because you got to go, darling, down and with the story, okay? I'm tired of people being killed for no reason by the police. Who are they? Who are these police that think that they can come around and shoot you for no reason? and take people's lives and destroy your families. You know what, I'm gonna tell you this like this. God is in charge, and you know what, we will prevail, and Jackie Lacey, you will go.
are from God. These tears are from the spirits of our loved ones. And it's from all the love from all you guys. Um, I'm Valerie, uh, Valerie Rivera, and I am the mother of Eric Rivera. And um, I brought my other boys here, and Eric's father's here as well. So um, it's this is really, truly a special day. Um, and honestly, this I know it's not just me. I know it's other mothers and other families, but I feel like this day, we need it. We need this day. We do. We really do need this day. And um, it's just... It's nice to see the community come together as one because if we unite, we're way more stronger and bigger than them. And we need to stand with each other. We are all we got. We can't depend on them. We can't depend on the police department or the sheriff's department. We, we can't. We have to depend on each other, you know? And um, so it's just truly a blessing and like like he's like he said it, this is what heaven looks like and i truly believe it this is exactly what heaven looks like and um yeah so yeah so my <laughs> thank you eric would have been turning 22 tomorrow but now he's forever 20 so um if i understand where you guys are feeling right now october for me has been just I haven't come, and it's not that I didn't come because I, I, didn't, I was depressed from the protest in the last two weeks, because I've been coming out every week. But the last two weeks I missed this protest because I was actually sick, that, you know, I was sick, so I had to take about a week and a half. But I missed the police commission meetings because I go out to, to go see them as well because they gotta be held accountable as well. They're the ones that sign off the police report saying, oh, these people did nothing wrong. Oh, these, pe these officers to go right back to work, you know? And um, so I go out there to go see them a lot, uh, I mean every Tuesday morning, but I haven't seen them all month just because I didn't, I personally, I didn't want to see their disgusting faces all this month, you know. October to me, so yeah, his birthday's tomorrow, he's my firstborn, so it's good, and, you know it's hard, but I, I, I got all you people to like, Celebrate, exactly, and I know how much you guys have Eric in your hearts and all of our loved ones in your hearts. So I, you know, I really love you all for coming out. I love you too. Thank you. So I know there's a lot of new people here. I know a lot of y'all are returning. And I, you know, I'm, I, I'm so happy to see all the, so many families. There's way more families than this, you know? And, um, but I'm so happy to see so many families out here today. And, um, we need to continue to keep doing this. So I'm just gonna speak a little bit about what happened to my son, Eric. Um, so Eric, was, like I said, he was 20 when um, he got shot and ran over from an out of control police car. And um, this happened on June 6th of 2017, last year. And, um, you know, originally there was, there was a, okay, I'm gonna just tell you guys from the start because I, everything these officers did was negligence and everything from the start, you know? Um, so basically, somebody on the street, which was like a resident, it was a resident's call into 911. They supposedly claimed that there was a 40-year-old man walking down the street with a gun. 
And um, I don't know who this person is. I kind of feel like they should be held accountable as well for the murder of my son. Because honestly, if it wasn't for that phone call, he probably would have still been alive today. But I can't hold grudges towards that person. I don't know who it was. They might, you know, honestly, they probably just made a rightful mistake. But still, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, um, so LAPD Harbor Division gets the call. Uh, they start driving down Wilmington Boulevard and they spot Eric. And mind you, my son was 20 years old. He looked like no 40-year-old. Okay. So they could have killed somebody that it wasn't even the person that they should have been looking for. Um, yeah, they didn't, they, didn't even, they didn't even directly speak to Eric. Not one word was directly spoken to Eric. Um, they see Eric, they, they drive past Eric. Eric's, Eric, okay, Eric's walking this way, the cops are driving by this way. They see him, they turn around. He starts walking, they start driving this way. Eric's walking. The two officers, um, Daniel Ramirez and Arturo Yurtia, I think it's very important that I spread those names out there because they're still patrolling those streets. They're still having that badge. They're still carrying weapons. And I think those names need to be stood out in people's names anytime they see them. Um, so those are two killer cops that are still working to this day. Now, Daniel Ramirez, which is the driver, Arturo Yurtia is the passenger. They spot Eric, they make a, they flip around, they drive towards him, they jump out the car, and mind you, I've seen the body cam fit, footages, I've seen the dash cam. The, the original car that hit Eric, they never turned that dash cam on, which is another major neglect on their part, which was a mistake on their part. They never turned that dash cam on. And, um, or they erased it, yeah, exactly. Because it would have shown everything. So, in the dash cam, I mean in the body cam, on their body cam, the driver was actually driving with the gun in his hand already. So, that's honestly, that's the reason why he couldn't put that car in park, because he had the gun in his hand already. And, um, yeah, exactly, intending to, to shoot somebody. So he jumps out the car, you see the gun already in his hand. He jumps out the car, the, the passenger jumps out, and immediately, within seven seconds, my son's already shot, and the car's already pinning him underneath the whole front of the bumper. Within a matter of seven seconds. The, the driver jumps out, he says, oh shit, partner, gun, gun. And mind you, my son, they found a squirt gun, which is just a squirt gun, a plastic neon green and black squirt gun, a water pistol. <clears throat> um, so they see my son, he's like, oh shit, partner, gun, gun. Boom, 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 boom. Both of them simultaneously start shooting at my son. They shot, him they shot, him they shot at him 11 times. They hit him seven times, so seven bullets hit him. He got one bullet to the head, which was like right above his left ear, um, and it exited like in the back of his right ear. He got two bullets in the back. He got like one bullet back here. He got a bullet to the side of his stomach, and he got two bullets like in his leg part, his shin. Um, 
it, I, I mean, it happened so quickly. It, it, it really did. It happened so quickly. And um, it took about, how long did it take, Phil? About a whole year before we got to see the video? Or a little over a year? Like a year? Uh, uh, to, that's ridiculous. We should, we should see those videos immediately. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it happened just before that law went in, though. That's, that's messed up. See, that's just, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that whole year, I kept on trying to imagine it in my own head, you know, picture it, you know, try to see it. You know, and in my head it seemed like it was a lot more slower. But when I finally seen the videos, it was so quick. I mean, it's seconds. Yeah, it took like two or three seconds for them to jump out of the car and shoot our kid. Yeah. The only thing they yell was drop it right before they start shooting. That was it. Yeah. And so the, the car's from the moving. Driver's side, they're just dropping, and they're two bombings away. And they jump out of the car and just yell, drop it. That was how fast it was. And then their car was out of control. Eight hours. Yeah, I think I, I think honestly I was in labor with him right now, and I had him at 3 a.m. the next t tomorrow. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. on October 25th I had him. Yeah, it, like it, like that doesn't matter. Like, and so the car is rolling towards my son. He's already down on the ground, gone, just gone. You know that head, that headshot was like lights out for him. Yeah, yeah. He, they went, okay, in the in the in the footages, there is no point where you see Eric at all, except for one like split second, right? Like one like one second. Well, the whole thing's two seconds. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was so quick, you know. So, um, but in those a matter of like a minute from them seeing Eric to pulling around and all that stuff, there was only a split second where you see Eric. And he's he's grabbing his he's actually grabbing his stomach and he's like down to his knees at that point, but then he's out of view. He, you don't see him after that. And because uh, he was dropping in that one split second that the camera caught him. And um. Can you say to everybody that it was two second video? Can you say to, it's three yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The video was a, a second. I mean, we, it, there's not very much footage other than. The couple of seconds of it, them spotting Eric, pulling around, and shooting him, and it ending up on top of him. Um, and the only reason why that car stopped was because there was a gate right there from a garage, a garage parking spot. Um, that actually the right bumper of the car hit the gate and it stopped him. So the car is rolling towards Eric. As the passenger cop was shooting Eric, he ends up falling, and scraping his elbow on the street and he jumps right back up i see the, in the body cam footage you see him fall and he jumps right back up like a, like a bullet just boom he's up on his two feet and he's like oh, oh, oh i don't know if i'm shot man i don't know if i'm shot yeah yeah both of that both the officers were shooting at eric it's like together at the same time like together at the same time um, so he falls, scrapes his elbow on the street, jumps back up, he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm shot, I don't know if I'm shot. So they call in, oh, officer down, officer down. Making it seem like Eric was shooting at them or something, you know? Um, and then he realizes, oh shit, the car's still moving forward. 
he's like, oh shit, the car's not in park, it's moving forward. So he tells his partner, which is Daniel Ramirez, the driver, um, the car, the car, step on the brake. So you see him trying to catch up to the car, he, he eventually gets to the car, but by the time he got to the car, the car was already hitting air. And, and instead yeah. of stepping on the brake, he steps on the gas. So like in the video, you can hear it go, boom, like that, and then boom, because it, it hits the fence, yeah. So it's like, boom, boom, like he steps on, you can hear him, you can clearly hear him step on that glass, uh, on that gas. And um, and it's not just that you can clearly hear it on the videos, he actually admits to it. So um, that's another major mistake, another negligence on their part, you know. They left the car on him for 12 hours. Um, they had, they could have had, they had a chance to pull that car off of him. In fact, the driver wanted to pull the car back. He was actually telling his partner, I'm going to pull the car back, and his partner's over there taking cover, crying his little eyes out because he's a, you know, a little baby talking about, oh, I got a scrape on my elbow because he tripped and fell and hurt himself. So he's over there, oh, 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 and, and crying like a baby, taking cover. He's, he's actually behind the second patrol car on the ground, and you can see their bumper, their back bumper, and he's sitting on the ground, like holding his arm, like putting way too much extra. Like trying to, I think to me he was trying to make, get him stop out of the situation, you know? Yeah. So, um, he tells the driver, no, don't do that. You don't know if he's still armed. <laughs> so that's why the car was left on him for 12 hours. They could have took that off my baby. So not only did Eric get shot seven times, and not only did he get hit by their patrol car, not only did he get pinned underneath the whole front, I wish I brought the picture. I, you know, you guys would have gotten a more clear idea. Because um, I have a picture of him actually underneath the whole front of that bumper that a, um, a, 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 a resident had came out and took a picture of Eric underneath the car because they didn't cover him up for like two or three hours. So there was no tan on him, you know, he was exposed like that for two or three hours, yep, like he, like he was a trophy or something, you know? Or he, or he was a, a warning sign for, some, for everybody in the city, you know? Like, oh, don't do what you're doing or don't do nothing wrong and this won't end up to you or something, you know? Like an example. Um, well, the, they didn't make no example of my baby. The only example that is going to be made is those asshole cops being prosecuted for what they did. And I'm going to make an example of their asses, and I'm going to also make an example on that police department to start doing the damn job. My baby's name is not going to ban, that's for sure. My son didn't do nothing wrong. They did everything wrong. They did everything wrong. Everything that an officer should not have done that night, they did. And they went back to work the next day, thanks to no good Chief Charlie Beck, who's no longer there, thank God. Yeah, yeah, go home and celebrate the rest of your retirements and stuff like that, while us mothers and families, brothers, sisters, you know, everybody, fathers, all of us are still grieving and we're still suffering. It's not right. And that's why it's important we stay here and we keep doing what we're doing so that way we know, they know that we got a bigger family that's coming up against them, you know? And uh, they're not going to continue to keep thinking that they're going to be able to get away with this anymore. We need to start making it to where if a if officer jumps out of his car and doesn't put it in park, he gets fired. He gets fired. We need to make sure that we get it to, get it to where if an officer sits there and um, can't distinguish a squirt gun, 
and a regular gun needs to be fired because you know what? There's squirt guns being sold in all these stores around here. You can buy them online like it's nothing. There's squirt guns. Children play with squirt guns. And you know what's the most fucked up thing for me is thinking, I bet those officers have no problem letting their kids play with squirt guns, you know, in the summertime. I bet they have no problem doing that with their kids, with their grandkids. You know, it's summertime. It's fun. You know what I mean? You're hot. You squirt yourself. You squirt your friends. It's fun. It's innocence. It's water. It's water. And this, and what really hurts my, it, I mean, everything breaks my heart, but this is another thing that breaks my heart is when I seen the picture of the squirt gun on the ground, like a more up-close picture of it, my baby had water in it. You know? He was probably just squirting it in his mouth, you know? But, um... But those two individuals got it coming. They got it coming. And, he, and despite that, they don't want to do nothing about it, and she don't want to do nothing about it, I still got somebody that's way more high up, and that's the judge. And um, I know I got God on my side no matter what. And I know that that judge is going to see what they did to Eric was wrong. And after everything is all said and done, I'm coming even harder after all of this place right here. Right now, honestly, we can, we can all get together and we can sue the shit out of these people. You know? We really could. We could do a class action lawsuit. And we can see the shit out of them. Then they start realizing that they can't do what they're doing. Well, that's the, that's what I feel. That's the only way we can get to them. And um, I think we got something like that. You know, look at all of us that are affected by this. So many families. Look at it. Look at my boys. You know, his dad. You got everybody. All the families that come out here every week, and not even the, not just them, but all the families that can't come out. There's so many of us. Oh my God, I'm just going on. I'm sorry, you guys. You, you guys, you guys just really fill my heart up. My heart is so overflowing with so much love, and um, you know, blessings, and I just really appreciate y'all and um. We're gonna keep doing this until she's gone. And I think even after she's gone, we're gonna continue to keep doing this to make sure the next person knows not to do what she did. So, God bless you all.
they have to live with it every day. So the one Wednesday we give up is the beast we give Yeah. All right. I want to hear some from more of the families, but before we do, where's Jade? Ah, Jade. Jade is going to share a performance with us, a dance performance. So while she's getting the audio together, as soon as she finishes, for those of you in the families that want to, we want to hear from you. And we have started a series of traditions here. We always have libation. We always call out the names. And now we're beginning to chop all the names. And the person that always ends us is Helen Jones. So she'll probably be the last one we call on. Because she's powerful. Another family member, Karen Sheridan. Karen Sheridan. We are in the custom of saying their names. Because when we say their names, it gives and returns and reminds us of that life. Yeah. So Karen Shirley is going to talk a little bit about her sister, Michelle. Sure. Say her name. Say her name. Michelle Shirley. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her story. Um, I'm not going to get too much into the competence of police because we'll be here all night. Um, so my sister was actually uh, shot over 30 times by Torrance Police uh, 2016 uh, on Halloween. She had just been T-boned uh, and was driving to a gas station to basically pull over into a safe space. Someone reported that there was a drunk driver on the, on the scene and she was surrounded by police. I don't know how many of you get pulled over by a cop and just stop in the middle of the road, but usually you continue to get to a safe space before you pull over so they can do their duty. Cops don't get out in the middle of the street and pull up to your car. That's putting themselves in danger. Why would they do that to you? So as the cop car is pulling back for her to pull into the gas station, they just unloaded fire. Over 30 times, four cops surrounded her car and shot in the direction of other cops. They found every single bullet except for one. One bullet was found months later in someone's home, a home of a neighbor. The funny thing is the cop that shot that bullet wasn't even in the, it wasn't in, the home was not in the line of sight of my sister. This was a stray bullet that went just about 90 degrees to the left. So I don't know about you, but I want police officers who are supposed to protect me to be able to shoot straight first. Anyway, so that's all I have to say. Love you guys. We need to keep uh, breathing life into this because we do need people like Jackie Lacey out. Thank God we got Beck out, but we got a big and longer fight to go. Keisha Wilson family forward. 
her son. This is another story that breaks your heart. Like all these stories. So, would you say her name? Wilson. Say her name! Marisha to stand for something so important as the police killing our babies and getting away with it. I mean, this was, something needed to be done about this 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. The time is now today. We need to do it together so we can get these people out the way. Jackie Lacey, she don't need to be in office. She don't know what she's doing. But you would think she do, because she's black, just like me. She's a mother, just like I am. I would say was, because her officers killed my daughter, my baby girl, my only child. But I still say she, I am a mother, because I will be until the day I drop. Until the day I drop. I want to just tell y'all a little bit about my baby study because I see a lot of new faces out here and you might not have heard. March 27, 2016, Waukesha was incarcerated. She was in the um, county jail right on the other street over there, detention center. I get nervous every time I tell the story. But um, she was arrested and they had her incarcerated. She called me Saturday morning, March 26, to tell me about her court date, which was the following Tuesday. She told me she was gonna call, um, call me Sunday morning, March 27, which she did. She called me at 7.45. We talked from 7.45 to 8 a.m., 15 minutes. We hung up. Before we hung up, she told me she was going to call me back and she wanted to tell my sister Sheila happy birthday and she wanted to speak to her son. Mind you, that was Easter Sunday, too, March 27, 2016. That was Easter Sunday and my sister's birthday. So she never called. She never, I held my phone in my hand all that day. She never called. So I'm, I just brush it off as if though maybe she couldn't get to the phone. So I said she'll call tomorrow. The next day came Monday. She never called. Tuesday came. I'm at the court building. 8.30 that morning, waiting for her to come out, you know, for her court day. She never shows up. I'm there from 8.30 to the time the court building closed. At 1 o'clock when they take lunch, I go to the desk and I ask if 
why she hadn't came out. They said maybe she was coming to Lake Court. So I said, okay, I'm going to stay here. Waikishi never showed up. They told me to go to the fifth floor to make sure I was on the right floor at the right um, department. So I did, came back down and told them I was at the right department and everything. They said, well, she's not here. So I, I said, okay, something is going on. I leave out. Well, I stay there till everybody is done in court. So when they get ready to close, I'm walking out the door. I'm on the phone. I'm calling the jails now. Every jail I call, they tell me they don't have a Waikisha Wilson. Call this number, call that number. The jail don't know where she is. No jail could tell me where my baby was. They didn't know where she was. They was trying to locate her. At one time, they told me, how the hell are you trying to locate my baby when you arrested her? You, she was in your custody, and she has had a court date. Now, all of a sudden, you don't know where she is, and she's not on the docket anywhere. This goes on for three days. The fourth day, I reached the watch commander. The watch commander, he know all the time my baby dead. He know they didn't kill her. But he just tells me, Miss Hines, I don't have, I don't know what to tell you, but to give you a number and call this number and ask for investigations. I said, okay, is my baby all right? I'm hysterical. I'm, you know, I'm just out of my head. I'm like, is she okay? Is she all right? Is she alive? Is she dead or what? Tell me something. He said, Miss Hines, I can't tell you anything. I just need you to call this number. What he did tell me is, I was, he was giving me a number to the coroner's office. He never told me I was caught giving a number to the coroner's office. He told me to call and ask for investigations. But before I could even do that, when I dialed the number, they answered on the other end, coroner's office. I dropped the phone. You know, I went to my, I fell to my knees. I was at work. My boss came and got me, helped me up. And I'm just like in a daze. I didn't, I couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief because I'm searching for my baby and they don't know where she is. They're telling me they don't know where she is. She's not there. They're trying to locate her, but she's dead and they knew it all the time. That's why it's a massive cover-up. They didn't want to tell me she was dead. They didn't want to tell me they killed my baby, my only baby. And I hate them. I hate the police. Sheriff, LAPD, Jackie Lacey, I hate them all. I don't get along with authority, not at all, not after killing my baby. And then they tried to hide it from me. They tried, they did, they tried to hide it from me. That was my only child. And like my baby, Waikisha, she had an only son. He was 13. He'll be 16 next month in November. And he still asks the same question today. Why did the police kill my mama? Why did they do that? We don't understand. See, one thing he's messed up about is because 21 minutes of her videotape 
is missing. What happened? What happened to the 21 minutes missing of the videotape? What happened to the part about her and the detention officer having an altercation? The detention officer tell her to get on her bunk. She tell her officer, I don't want to, I don't have to, and you can't make me. You know what comes next, huh? They went in there and tried to make her and killed her. That's what happened. And that's the 21 minutes missing of the tape. They hid the fact that an officer, Rihanna Braden, was fired due to my daughter's death. They didn't tell me that either. I found that what, two years, I found that out two years later from a news reporter who was investigating the police. That's how I found that out. So it's just, you know, it's just crazy. I say this witch up here, Jackie Lacey. We're not going nowhere. We're not going nowhere. Every Wednesday, we will be right here on your steps. We'll be here on your steps. If you don't start doing the right thing, and I mean next month, I mean today. You have time to be thinking about it. You hear us? You see us. Start doing it today. You have a son. Trade places with me for 15 minutes. That's all you need is 15 minutes. And you will change your mind. You will start putting these cops in jail, letting everybody in there out, and putting them in, filling them up with the killer cops. Jackie Lacey, we're not going nowhere. You going, you gonna go. You will go. Waukesha. Jackie Lacey. Waukesha is here. 
And I, I want to ask you some questions. I want to know why are you allowing them to cover up my death? Why are you allowing these killer cops to get away with killing me? Yeah, I talked back to the officer. Yes, I did do that. But was that worth killing me? No. Was that worth my mother grieving? My son grieving? My aunt grieving? And to top it off, it was on Resurrection Sunday and my aunt's birthday. March 27th. How do you think she celebrates her birthday? I am Waikisha Wilson. I am here, Jackie Lacey. I am getting in your head. Every day you go to work. Every night you go to sleep. Through your kids. Through your job. Everything you do. Everything. You are cursed today. Jackie Lacey, you are cursed by me. Waikisha Wilson. And I want to know why did you let these killer cops maliciously stand over my body, walk all over my body, and cover it up, and knowing after I talked back with them, they got mad, and they, they, That's they, what they, just, did. they killed me. Yes, they they, all of them were so many. All of them there were so many. My bruise, I was hurt badly. My ribs was broken. Everything, they just tried to say I hung myself. Hell no, Jackie Lacey, that wasn't the case, and you know it. Y'all covered that paperwork up to make it seem like I killed myself. Why would I do that, Jackie Lacey? I have a son. I was only 36 years old. I was living. I was happy. I was about to move out into him with my uh, cousin. So my life was good. And you took it away. All these people, all these killer cops, Charlie Beck, you and the rest of them, you took my life. I am Waikisha Wilson. And the massive cover up, which you know, I know, because I'm Waikisha Wilson, right? That you, you guys did not follow the procedures. The police did not include in the paperwork when they came to their findings that the police were in policy. Why did they leave out that jailer got fired? Why did they leave out 22 minutes of the tape missing? Wouldn't you want to find that out before coming to a conclusion? It's like, it's simple. It's like reading a book or watching a film. You see it once, the whole thing is there. You come back the next day, you see it again, and you say to the theater, man, I want my money back because 22 minutes of it is missing, and I can't come to the conclusion. So Jackie Lacey, this is Waikisha. I am going to be with you, just like Charlie Beck, just like all of you guys. I am Waikisha Wilson. You let them walk over my body, no hesitation, no nothing, because you know there was straight out, flat out murder! 
is here. I want you to say Cesar Rodriguez. Say his name. Say his name. Cesar Rodriguez. Say his name. Cesar Rodriguez. Hello, y'all. I'm Emily from Centro CSO. I'm a member of Centro CSO. We uh, fight for justice and in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. So I'm going to translate today for Rosa because her daughter could not come. Rodriguez, uh, if you haven't heard about his story, was killed by LAPD. Um, and you probably have been hearing about how LAPD have been ramping up their metro. Uh, and he got stopped for not paying a fare. So for not paying the fare in Long Beach, oh sorry, thank you. For not paying the fare in Long Beach, um, that's okay, that's okay. Um, for $1.75, he was stopped. Um, if anybody has seen the video yet, there is a video of where there's an altercation and he is hit by one of the trains. This was August 29th, just, yeah, of just last year at the metro station, Wardlow. struggle between him and the police as the as the train was coming uh, he pushed him towards the train so the officer saw the train coming had plenty of time to move out of the way himself he was He was dragged a few feet before he got caught between some pillars. He passed away at the hospital, the Long Beach Hospital. She didn't find out until five days later. 
She was looking and looking for her son and she was never told that he was in the corners. So far for the process, she doesn't have much more information yet. They don't really like to talk or give her information when she goes and asks. Nothing. She hasn't even received an official report yet either. they let another family member know so they didn't even come to her as, a, as the parent. She did get to see him in, in the corner and she was able to identify him. justice because what has happened has destroyed families and it continues to cause a lot of pain for her family so she comes as often as she can and she thanks everybody that stands in solidarity with her and she says God bless. Police that pulled up 
Then they called Inglewood, and then Inglewood came to the scene. So it was Hawthorne, then the chopper was rolling around for 45 minutes. I guess the chopper was supposed to be waking them up. So, from what witnesses say, but they didn't approach the car, didn't knock on the window, didn't try to open the door, no nothing. Then seconds later, SWAT cars, all type of police is there. They took position to fire. I don't know what their threat was, other than two people unconscious, what Mayor Bud said, unconscious in the car. She got shot 13 times, he got shot seven times. But they're supposed to be in the car unconscious. Why didn't you guys have the ambulance to help these two couple that's pro that probably needed help? How do they end up dead? He left behind four girls and she left behind three boys. They left her body out there. This happened at 3 a.m. They left her body out there until the next day, until one o'clock. Just unhuman. Just unhumane things that these officers do to your, to your loved ones when you pass away. My mom didn't get no, um, detectives went to her house at five o'clock that evening and said that they found her body in the car and they don't know what happened. Lie. They didn't ask her to come identify no nothing. They just said that that's, that's your daughter, we know who she is. When we went up there to the court office to demand to see her body to make so we for, are sure that that's who, who they say found her bodies and they claimed that they didn't know how it happened. So we wanna make sure and see what's really going on. Till the next day we found out on the news there was a police involved shooting. They held my sister's body for two months because they didn't want us to see the condition that she was in. And they kept her property, they kept the car that they were shot up in. The car was full with bullets. It was over a hundred bullets. We didn't know what to do. Our family didn't know how to go about this. We just kept going out there trying to figure out like what really happened and listening to the witnesses and the lies the officers had to say. Black Lives Matters, I'm just so thankful for them, came to our rescue, went with us to the city council meetings to demand answers. White people for black lives, we went up there. They supported us, they became my family. We went up there to find out what happened, where's the videos, where's her stuff, where's her property? The rights that us, we should have that rights to know what happened to her level, where's their property, where it's at, just the right to know. I'm just appreciative of everyone out here and how strong everyone have been because they helped me to be stronger, to be able to talk about this right now. And Jackie Lacey must go because we've been going up to the city, to the, um, to the commission meetings. We went there for a whole year until the five officers got off force. So the five officers wait, wait, are off the force, but we don't know exactly where they are. Yes, we got them fired. Yes. Yes. And the fact that they are fired is is Jackie Lacey's job to prosecute these officers, and she's not prosecuting these officers. And that's an issue.
And it's an issue because it's 400 people that been passed away by the hands of police, killed, murdered, excuse me, by the hands of police, and she has not done her job. And I'm glad that it's, it's, this is a step because the SB 1421, I'm so glad for that transparency, this is gonna change a whole lot for families. And this is just the beginning. And we're gonna keep on fighting and keep on fighting. I'm here and I'm thankful for the family that I've gained. Thank you. That's my lovely sister, Trisha Michaels. Um, hi, I'm actually uh, Alexis. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. You know, sometimes I don't make it. <sighs> Just bear with me. Um, it is a really special year. Every year is a special year, right? But this month is very special. My birthday is tomorrow, too. Their son's birthday is day after mine. Every is the same day as mine. I know that everyone's birthday matters, okay? I just would like to say that regardless of them not being here physically and for us to see them, that we have to remember that they are in us, in our hearts, and no one said it better, but... Um, one of our families here that we are them so I just don't want anyone here to forget that we're not standing here for anything and like I said my name is Alexis I am a sister of Trisha and Keisha Michaels and I would love to let them hear this love that we have out here because we are not ever giving up and I'm gonna tell y'all I am here because of you all because I really wouldn't have made it today if it wasn't for all this love. So, even though it's not okay what they have done, okay, it's gonna be okay. I just wanna say, we. Everyone that is in our heart. In our life, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. I want to say thank you. Other. And I'm going to just tell you this, another thing, because I'm a little emotional because my sisters right here, when I have been going through hard times, when we all have went through hard times, I always can turn to them. We got you. We got and, you. Um, they threw me a birthday party last two years ago, three years ago. And um, it doesn't feel like my birthday would ever be the same. 
So I just want you guys to know, don't ever give up. You know, because um, we don't make major moves. And they're gonna hear about it. So um, you heard we make it major moves. We gonna go on and do what we have to do. It's our season. Ain't no reason that you gonna get away with this. to me about. It took me two years and two days to get the video. Charlie Beck said on October 6, 2016, he said they were no longer going to give families videos that came from the business because the videos did not belong to them. back on Monday and they called back while I was watching the video in the liquor store and they said we made a mistake. It was uh, Detective Roger called and said we made a mistake. We're going to have to pick that video up. But don't worry, we bought you a brand new box that's going to be clearer than this video. So I told Charlie back at the meeting that's your video because you swapped it out. And we want it 
and we don't want it tampered with. I'm sure they tried to tamper with it, but we got it. And it was so cold. It was so cold. Me and Keith's father is the only one have watched that video because nobody in the family can watch it. Keith was sitting in the car with his girlfriend. They were back in parking. And when they asked them what was going on, they said, we came up here to get some liquor. Is everything okay? And they said, yes. When they looked in the back seat, they saw a container with the guy was in the back. And he, they said, what is that? He said, that's a marijuana container. I have a card, do you want to see it? And they said, no, that's okay. Snatched the door open, got the guy out. Keith said, that's really effed up. When Keith said that was effed up, Charles Cumlander, who had been on the department three years, he told Keith to get out of the car. Keith got out, but he was taking his time getting out, and he got right up to Keith's face. I don't know what he said to Keith, but when, he, when Keith turned to run, it was less than a car length between Keith and the officer. Keith hit, bumped into the back of the, another car was parked, and the guy stood back and just started shooting him in the back. He shot him in the back, and one bullet went through his back and hit his aorta, and he bled out. But the cold part about it, when I saw the, when I saw the video, Lander stood over Keith, propped his foot on Keith's back, while he talked to his other officers that was coming because they didn't call paramedics for like 10 minutes. They called backup. And all I'm gonna say is that Jackie Lacey, Jackie Lacey will go. My pain is not getting any dough. Jackie Lacey will go. Jackie Lacey will go. We will get some accountability because together we stand. Accountability and justice. Expect, you don't expect to know what pictures you're going to see, 
what video you're going to see, uh, the negative, you, you, you think of the negative disposition and you try to prepare yourself for what they're going to say about your, your child in the courtroom, how they're going to discredit him and disvalue you. Um, and court, I'm just going to talk about briefly what happened, but um, on, August, on Tuesday, August 16, 2016, at 3.30, my daughter was on the phone with her brother, first day of school for Ellen Unified, and I was a week shy of just having a baby. So my baby was born, and my son was passed away exactly a week apart. Um, at 3.30, he was sent to get out of a vehicle. The police officer never found the vehicle. If anyone knows this black Audi that was driving south or Figueroa, uh, I would greatly appreciate it because this vehicle just magically, it became lucky charms to me. It just disappeared in thin air. And in 20 seconds, an officer made a command. If you take a drive on Century Figueroa on the first day of school, on a busy intersection where two buses depart and transport and excessive in a freeway entrance, you would know how loud it is. And for an officer to say without a PA, stop showing your hands. When you say he has on a hooded sweatshirt and it's a windbreaker and he was suspicious because it was 85 degrees. I wear a sweatshirt every day, whether it's 100 degrees or 60 degrees, because that's the way my grandma raised us. And that's how I raised my son and my, other, my daughters. Um, it took 20 seconds for this 18, three month, one week old boy to pass away, to be labeled as a 30, 25 to 30 year old man, 180 pounds at 5'9", which he was 18, 5'6", and 143 pounds. It took an officer to speed up and shoot his gun twice as he veered towards the driveway stumbled three times and fell to his side. It took a, it took a judge, Mary Ann Murphy, to discredit who I was as a mother. In court, they said I have not been labeled as a mother. The court has not acknowledged me as his mother. So I guess he was an egg or a chicken, whichever how we do that story, because I was not his mother in the court of law. I had not been acknowledged as Kenny's mother. His birth certificate wasn't valued as a sufficient information to be called his mother and I can't even be upset with the defense because the judge did a good job as defending the city with her cliches not knowing this boy my heart is gone how do you continue to live when you lose somebody that you have grown you have birthed inside you for 42 weeks how do you deliver a child and across the street you bury them how do you say goodbye to somebody that you had a lifelong of dreams and imagination with? Yeah. My son was charismatic. He was a happy kid, a dancer. He was a church-going person. But you want me to make a black man, a black young man, perfect in the eyes of the court. But you want to crucify him for making a mistake. What was his mistake with walking away because the officer said, show me your hands? He didn't identify the person he was saying, show me your hands. He didn't say, hey, you in the blue sweatshirt. Hey, you with the windbreaker, the black pants. He didn't identify who he was. But his commanding voice was enough to say, I think he's suspicious, so let me shoot him. 
Let me watch him and stand at a position and tell him to turn around your resistance when clearly he already went to heaven and you want to pat him down and handcuff him his lifeless body. But yet, we could be in court and a judge could say, all this information is not valid in, for the jury to hear. So do you, who do you blame in a situation like this? Many nights I blame myself. Because you know when, you're, when you have a child, when you have a black man in this society, you know there's a possibility that he's not gonna make it. You know there's a possibility that you're gonna bury your son. You, you know it. You can't be a conscious person in this world and think that my baby could make it to 60, 65. You can't be conscious. My son had allergies, was the worst severe thing. He's never broken a bone. He played sports for since he was five years old. He played football, he ran track, he played baseball, basketball, and never broke a bone. And in 20 seconds, his life is gone. For someone that's uneducated, who dropped out of community college, who dropped, but he's reasonable enough to say, oh, my reason thought, I thought I was fearful for my life. You're fearful for your life when you have police officers doing the curriculum books. So I know exactly what to write when it said, to make, this, make sure this person gets off on their crime. But yet he goes home to his family and his community where they may not know Kenny Watkins' name. And he can live and take his kids to school and he can hug his wife. And the same hands he caressed his children with and rubbed his sons with is the hands he took my son like. And you can sit in court with no empathy that you took someone's life, not just once, but twice. And you want to sit here and say, you want to offer me a chair? So I suppose it's, so what's the difference between me and a mother in 1918? I, I don't understand that. I don't get the gist of knowing how we live in a society where we're not, we're fighting and fighting and we're working and we're surviving and my son could be dead on the streets. Like a puppy. We take more consideration for animals that's on the streets than we do for human life. And you want to say, you want to sit in court and you want to smile and go on about your life? You want to go to weddings and go to events for your family and you took someone's child away? And I suppose to sit in a classroom and teach kids and there's a chance that this young black boy who's two now may not make it to 18? Why is it a custom that this is our reality right now? In 2018, why is this our reality that I can lose my son? I can, and it's not just the system. I was angry at God because I took my son to church and I prayed with him and I worshiped with him and I taught him the way of the, of the world and now he's gone. And it's nothing. And you can't tell me at 18, someone is happier in heaven than they are with their family on earth. And this man can live his life. Evan Uraris is not a person that should be on the streets. He should not be bragging about getting a promotion and he killed murder two people. And, it, and to look at someone named Jackie Lacey on the paperwork and say, it's reasonable? What is reasonable? It's okay for you just to shoot and fire. It's okay for you to chuckle in court when you see an autopsy of someone because you cry. It's okay for a judge to say, poker face. And you show a picture of someone's son that's on the, on the table. And that's, and that's our system, and they go home in peace and humble. It's not right. But I definitely, I don't want to take too much time. Kenny Watkins is an amazing person. And I, was, I am not, I wasn't his mother, I am his mother. And I will always be his mother. So thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.
Jasmine, share your talents. Share your thinking. Share your poem. Helen, coming up next. Thank, Thank you. you. Jasmine, so love. Thank you, Jasmine. Uh, my name is Jasmine Leonard Watkins, and I'm really honored to be here and to share poems in solidarity with all the families of those who've been killed. Um, Thank you for the fight that you all are doing uh, to maintain or to help make sure that this doesn't happen in the future. Um, and thank you all for showing up. Um, this poem was inspired by Waukesha Wilson's story. Um, Jackie Lacey, fuck you. <laughs> On the one year anniversary of yet another black death, a black woman is risen in the voice of her people. She walks in our steps and lives in our movement. We say her name, Waukesha Wilson. We say her name, Waukesha Wilson. Demanding justice now. Knowing black death and cover-up still sound the same across this country. From Sandra Bland to Emmett Till, we make, today we lift her up and make her visible. On the day, of yet another black death behind bars, on the day that yet another black woman's murder is deemed suicide, on the day the Los Angeles Police Department rules themselves in conduct, we grieve and cry and then dream because sometimes the dreaming gives us clarity of visions to work towards in the waking. And in my dreams, I pray an alternate universe exists and somewhere on that alternate timeline, a telephone rings and a mother picks up and passes the phone to her grandson who says, come on home, mama. And she does. And she gets to wish her beloved aunt the happiest of birthdays and she lives. In this timeline, a mother doesn't sit by a phone and show up to a court looking for a daughter that the police would never allow to return home. Lord, let there be a universe without the cover-up, without the abuse, without the murder, before the red, white, and blue lights signal and flash the end of yet another black life. Please let there be another timeline where the police who killed Waukesha are held accountable, where the LAPD no longer terrorize our community. God damn, please let there be an alternate universe and in it a timeline where a mother receives a phone call and in it that phone call leads to a court date and that court date leads to a fair process and a mother drives her daughter back and she goes home. Yes. And on this Resurrection Sunday, on this timeline, somewhere a phone rings and a mother goes home to her son and black joy is synonymous with a reimagined justice. And instead of prison bars and over-police states, the community is supported and healed and whole. And on this Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate a life that got to live to her fullest capacity. And on this timeline, the ancestors smile and say, well done, we'll see you in a good long while, but take your time, baby. And we do, and we do. Yes! <laughs>
I don't know how many times we have cried out here. Eric Rivera's father wants to share. And you want to hear, don't you? Hi, I'm Philip Malik. I'm Eric Rivera's father. So we're all here because we actually want justice. That's why we're here. We want the DA's office to take charge and prosecute all these police officers that do wrongdoing. Anytime they beat someone up and they're on camera, they should be arrested. If I cross the street and I get a jaywalking ticket, they should fucking arrest these fuckers. Another thing they need to do is change their policy, the LAPD's policy. It's bullshit. Right now, they, have, they think they have the right to shoot anyone that reaches for their pants. They think they have the right to shoot anyone that has a cell phone in their hand. Anything in their hand they're allowed to shoot. That's bullshit. So we want to get rid of Jackie Lacey because she's not doing what we want. We want these cops prosecuted. That's it. We want justice. It's important to say my son wasn't doing anything wrong. He was simply walking down the street, minding his own business. But these fucking cops are going crazy up and down the street trying to find anyone they could do anything to. Because they got a fucking call. That's bullshit. So in a matter of two or three seconds, the passenger cop says, Oh, partner, gun. They both jump out of the car and just start shooting. The first, the only thing they said is drop it. And they just start shooting. They're two car lengths away from my kid. He's on the sidewalk, walking with his four-year-old toy. It's a four-year-old's toy. I saw the fucking package. And I'm upset. It's fluorescent green, and anyone should be able to tell how it is or what it is. After they shoot him seven times, he goes down to his knees, these stupid ass cops, one falls to the floor because he doesn't know how to fucking stand up. The other cop realizes he left the fucking car in drive. So the driver cop jumps back in the fucking car and he tries to push the brake, he pushes the gas and the brake, so he runs my kid over also. They leave him under the car for almost the whole the whole night till the next morning. Then they, they hire a crane to remove the car from off of him because they want to preserve evidence. They burn his they left the car all night and they burn his chest from the exhaust. That's their idea of preserving evidence. We just want justice. That's what we came here for, that's what we keep coming every week, is because we want justice. We want Jackie Lacey and the DA's office to prosecute all these cops. When I see a video online where the cops, there's fucking six cops beating up one little kid, I, in my head I'm like, why can't they just fucking cuff him, what the fuck? You know why? It's because they're fucking cowards. That's what cowards do. 
they jump. That's that's almost like a gang jump. They jump people. That's what they're doing. They're jumping them. Exactly. And then they got this chick covering their ass. That's what's going on. It's a conspiracy. Eric was my only son also. I lost my only son through this whole shit. And it, it upsets me so much. I'm a man and I cry all the time. All I do is think about it. And I don't want to do any violence, but I swear to God, sometimes I think about it. And I'm here to be peaceful. And I'm a peaceful person. But sometimes, it feels like the only way they listen is when there is violence. Just like when they had to burn down all the buildings because of Rodney King. That's the only time they listened. Imagine that. We're here peacefully. All of us are peaceful. We just want them to do their jobs. What we pay them for. Our taxes pay them to, to do the jobs. We want justice. That's it. birthday song for our birthday families. I forgot, but I didn't forget. I just wanted to um, dedicate this to all of you. You know, it's been years of this. And, you know, thank you for those that have lost their loved ones years ago and they're still here. Miss Ellen being one great, great inspiration for me. Um, you know, birthdays, they, they, they're every day. So, I want you guys to never forget that. We celebrate them even when it's not the birthday. So this is for you all, too. Oh, Hadison. Oh, Hadison. Oh, Hadison. One more birthday wish for you. And hope all of your dreams are coming true. I have done this now for weeks. And always I'm amazed. Always I'm inspired. Yes. Always yes. I think to myself, dang. Could I do that? Nine years. Could I fight for nine years? Could I be persistent? Could I stand up? And I wondered to myself, damn, could I do that? And I met a woman who has done it. I met a person who has not only done it, she keeps doing it. I met a woman with heart. I met a woman with soul. Yes. I met a woman with <laughs> 
That's what they try to put, you know, tell me and try to run that through the court. But after fighting for seven years, they had me tied up in this court for seven long years. Because they thought, you know, oh, we should go walk either crawl down or walk away. No. I had to fight for seven years. And after the end of that seven years, now they admit it's not suicide. It's deferred because we don't know how he really died. We don't know if the blood force trauma killed him first or the news killed him. So we can't come to a decision. So they took suicide off of his death certificate. And now my baby don't even have a cause of death. It's deferred. And Jackie Lacey know that. A year ago, we came here. All of us out here came and bam down Jackie Lacey though and we and actually now we demand her, either you do your job or you got to get the hell out of here. You got to go. You have to go. You have to go. That day I gave, I came with my evidence. I had all John pictures with his blood hitting the head. One thing I forgot to mention, you guys, on John's right wrist, they had John handcuffed or something. And you can see the clean ring around his wrist where the handcuff was so tight that it was cut down to his meat. Yeah, they had him handcuffed or something while they was beating him. So, I'm just telling y'all, they think they can just tell us anything. Do anything to us. Just say, take anything like we just gonna stand back and take that. And we're not taking that. Cause we know how y'all killing our kids. We know what y'all doing. Y'all murdering our kids and just think y'all can just tell us anything like we just gonna buy that and keep going about our business. But hell no. We
We're all mothers, we're all sisters, brothers, cousins, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles. We all deserve this. We all deserve the love, support. And I did see, while I was standing over here, I seen the sign that this brother back here is holding that says, stop police games. I love that poster because that's exactly what they are. And she is part of it. She will always be part of it. So she no longer needs to be in it. She ain't gonna do her job. She's going to sit on her big patookie, is what I'm gonna call it, her big patookie, and do nothing. My cousin didn't deserve to die the way he did. While Keisha didn't deserve to die the way she did. Keisha Michael didn't deserve to die the way she did. Erica Rare didn't deserve to die the way she did. He did, I'm sorry. <laughs> Keisha Michael and my queen Sandler didn't deserve to die the way she did. Neither did Cesar Rodriguez. None of the names on this book, I'm gonna call it a poster. That's exactly what it is now, it's a poster. That's our poster, and that's exactly what it will be. The names on here, they did not deserve to die the way they did. The names that we do not know, they did not deserve to die the way they did. I stand and raise my voice. I lend my voice to my cousin John Horton. And he says, I did not die that way. I would never do that. So why hiding and take their side? I would never do that. I've had these talks with my mama. My mama knows I would never do that. And that's why she continues to fight today. All these kids out here, they're saying they took the lives of that shot by these police. They did not deserve to die that way. Every time I come out here and hear these stories, I cry because I feel the pain. I have a son who's mixed. So I have to sit and think, damn, if my child was with me, how would I feel? I would feel hurtful. I would, literally, as some people would say, I would want to catch these people and hurt them myself. Take care of them myself. But that's not how the door goes. She's supposed to do that. She's supposed to take care of that. And she's not doing it. It hurts me every Wednesday when I come out here. But I do it for my cousin. I do it for all the lives that have been taken by these so-called police that are supposed to protect themselves, but they're not police. They're racist motherfuckers. Racist motherfuckers. They should not be on the first of all. They should not carry a gun. They should not carry any weapon at all. They should be in jail with the rest of these people that would take their lives. Jackie Lacey!
the rest of the families for a moment. We're going to also invite up Brother Ray Wolf. Stand here and hold this for me. For us. And we also want to call the name Johnny Bonta, who um, was killed by police. But he's going to give us an indigenous blessing. We're going to have a final prayer, and then we're going to do our closing chant. So I know that it's nighttime. Sometimes energy comes in the night. So let's remember our people took their freedom in the night, right? And um, let's keep the energy going. Y'all, please hold on a second before you put the, put the candles down. We're not doing that yet. So give us just a minute, okay? If you put your candle down, let's leave it there for a second. But if we could just give attention and energy here for a few more minutes, that would be good. I, I uh, was asked. I was asked why the American Indian Movement was uh, involved in this issue, and uh, the answer is very simple. One year ago, Johnny Bonta was killed by the police, and Johnny Bonta was a Paiute member of the Paiute tribe, and he was also a member of my Indian tribe, and that's his closest you can get. And so that's why I, I'm here, because uh, people are not aware that uh, indigenous people are the number one ethnicity killed by police. And that's why it's important that we support all of these families that are here today. So I would like to thank Creator for bringing us all together for this uh, very important event. I want to thank the ancestors of the tribes that were here before us. When, when someone comes to me and tells me that the government is corrupt, is murderous, is uh, abusive, I tell them, you, you're telling us after 500 years? No surprise. So these things are important, and I, I'm so happy to see so many good people come together for this incredible event. All right, so let's uh, bow our heads and figure out how to Creator, can you bless these people, help these families heal from this horrible tragedy that's uh, fallen on them, and never, ever give up we can't do that. I cannot do that. We have to continue to fight. So bless all these people and uh, make sure they get home safe. And hopefully, again, we'll see you next, next week and the following week and the following week until this is all over. So say his name, Johnny Bonta. Say his name, Johnny Bonta. Say his name, Johnny Bonta. Lisa, his, his wife is battling cancer and she will be here. And that's a, that's a double tragedy. It's not only is he dead, but now she's battling this horrible disease. So uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to make sure she knows what happened tonight. And that this is very important that we all remember all these people who passed uh, for no good reason. So again, yeah, we thank you for giving us this day.
All right, could you guys please open up the circle a little bit for me? Open up the circle. Open up the circle. And I would like the families to gather around the candles holding hands in a circle. The families to gather around the candles holding. And by the way, by the way, everyone should pick up a candle at this time and leave a little bit in the middle. If you could pick up a candle at this time, uh, if you could pick up a candle at this time, all the families, make sure you get a candle. Make a complete circle, families, around the candle. Make a complete circle around the, 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 the candle. A complete circle around the candles. The family, the family members. A complete circle all the way around the candles. All the way around. All the way around. A complete circle all the way around. All the way around. All the way around. All the way around. And the, the family all the way around and hold hands. You can put your candle on the floor right in front of you. Complete circle all the way around and family members. All of you guys hold hands. Hold hands. Hold hands. No. I don't want any breaks. Hold hands, everybody. Hold hands together. This way, come on in. Come on in, family members. Everybody, come on in. A little closer. Hold hands with each other. Symbolic of an unbroken chain. Hold hands. There we go. Everybody connected. We've heard some heavy stories tonight, have we not? We've heard a lot of pain, have we not? And I'm here to let you know that God hears that pain. And he's going to do something about it. Amen. And so I want to say this. As we know that it appears that we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. So I want to read this song. And if you can repeat after me, everyone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, you prepare a table for me in the midst of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup running over, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. Now make some noise.